ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the the penultimate episode of the Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos podcast. Today, we have to talk to one of the great heroes of our uh, of our fresh baseball careers. Okay, we're we're what many would call not lifer baseball fans, as I'm sure you've all observed, and uh, we we've we've made a connection that we think we think he's a pretty pretty good guy. And you know what? We think he's a pretty good player too. Uh, Ethan, who's this? Uh, who's this connection that we made? I I will. You know, I will say beforehand, his name is not Dan Ugla. No, okay. no, no. But I just want to say, I want to know if everybody out there is as confused as I am by that intro. Like, what? Ken Ultimate, you got Tom Brenneman going on. Like, yeah, listen, dude, I'm just throwing stuff out there, you know? I'm trying to help you out, get you something started. Mm, okay. I see, All I right. see. Why? And, and I also, I have to say... Just question my oh, that is fair it's fair enough but listen um, look yes who was this player okay can, to can answer you your question me? to answer your question we chatted with team great britain pitcher cincinnati reds organization the double a chattanooga chattanooga lookouts pitcher donovan benoit donovan is american but he comes from from scottish stock uh he said his yeah. mother's Scott. Yeah. He said his father's <laughs> That was Scottish. a rough one, brother. Yeah. Well, oh! uh, I'm just trying things out. That's what we're doing here. Um, yeah. Well, hey, you no, know what? Donovan, yeah. He said his mother's Scottish. And uh, so that's how he qualified for Team Great Britain. He pitched in the World Baseball Classic. He pitched in the World Baseball Classic qualifiers. He's an integral member of the team. He plans on mm-hmm. being part of the team moving forward. And he's a super nice guy. I just hit him up out of nowhere. He was nice enough to schedule something with us and then spend like two hours chatting with us uh, really about nothing. Cause we're morons. So true, just true. thank you to Donovan for spending his off day talking with us about nonsense. So really I can't <laughs> thank Donovan enough. He's got better things to do. Um, but it was a blast. It was really, really fun. We enjoyed talking to Donovan. So without further ado, enjoy Take it away, Donovan. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. your interview with Donovan. Guys, welcome to the yeah, baseball we're podcast. We're here with Donovan Benoit. Donovan, uh, you you played for the Great Britain team in the World Baseball Classic, among other teams. Um, so, you know, we brought you here to talk about Team Great Britain, but you're also a minor league baseball player, uh, correct? And you are with what correct. team now? What team are you with? Now? I'm with the I'm with the Chattanooga uh, Chattanooga Lookouts, okay. part of the uh, Cincinnati Red System. That's the uh, the Double A team. So, moving on. Okay. Up. So first of all, it was very nice of you to come on, and it sounds yes. like you've had a, a busy day. What I got asked, what happened on your bus trip that made it so weird, or made it take so long? Uh, so we decided we wanted to stop three different times. Uh, for some reason, this was a seven, seven and a half hour long road trip. Um, we went from Good. Chattanooga, Tennessee, to Biloxi, Mississippi. So, Ooh, little uh, shockers matchup. We stopped once. Oh yeah, oh yeah! Right next to the all the uh, the casinos, so that's where all the guys are heading over right now. Oh, oh beautiful. so you decided to spend your day off with us, with us? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I don't want to hold you up if you got to get to the casino. By the way, how how no. much time do you have? I don't want to take up your whole night. 
uh, I'm I'm free for a while. You know, I we don't usually go to bed for probably until like eleven thirty, twelve o'clock. You know, just we'll just go we'll just go until twelve so. then. Yeah, we'll just yeah, go twelve. Perfect. You, yeah, perfect. Yeah, you, you don't perfect. mind. So yeah, you don't mind. Um, no, anyway, all right. So now that we're being serious a little bit, um, mm-hmm. so tell me really fast. I listened to you on the British Baseball Podcast, but just for our audience are thousands of listeners if you can't tell uh what is your connection to great britain because you were born in the united states in florida i think so what made you eligible for team great britain yeah so i am half scottish uh my mom was born and raised there my grandparents born and raised there that whole side of the family scottish uh so that it was a pretty easy in for me unlike some of the other guys where it's oh like my mom was born in this area during this time period and you know sometimes the wbc can be a little fuzzy with the rules but mine was pretty easy to understand okay that's good so it made it easy so so that's my next question was it easy was it an easy decision for you were you at just absolutely yeah or did you have to think about it whether or not you wanted to play oh absolutely um you know before my mom met my dad they really had no idea what baseball was. Um, you know, it's kind of like something to hear about over in the States. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. But, uh, you know, like when I started playing, like my dad's huge baseball fan. My mm-hmm. my mom was like trying to like learn how to like all the baseball lingo and going to all the travel ball tournaments. And she didn't really understand. But, you know, over the years, she's started to understand. So I think it was a super cool opportunity for me to represent that side of the family and, you know, kind of help the, uh, the GB – baseball team take off and kind of put us on a world a world stage yeah absolutely and you guys i mean we'll get into the main tournament later i'm sort of trying to go in chronological order a little bit i don't know if it'll if it'll work but i want to know was, right, yeah, was we'll the, give it a shot yeah we're idiots so we'll try but was the was the recruiting process different for you at all because you're in affiliated ball because you're part of the reds organization like were there any uh i guess hurdles that you had to clear because of your affiliation or was it smooth sailing for you uh, for me, it was pretty smooth sailing, um, just because last year was my first year in pro ball. I, I was in high last year, so I wasn't a huge big deal to the Reds at that time. They were like, oh yeah, for sure. Like that's a great opportunity for him to go play. Um, but like, as you know, with a couple guys, the hurdles are hard. Um, yeah. you know, we were supposed to have a uh, Josh Jithams on our team, but you know, he was rehabbing from an injury, and the Marlins pretty much said, eh, "Probably not the best idea." Um, you kind of, you kind of see it all over the place. But for me, it was, it was pretty easy, and I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Yeah, that's good. Well, who reached out to you? Who got, who got in touch with you about playing for Team GB? Uh, it took. It was like over the span of like three, four years. Honestly. It was so my sophomore college. My sophomore year of college, I played in the Cape Cod Baseball Summer League, and my pitching coach, Matthew Troop, was the pitching coach for Team GB at the time. Um, after that summer, I was like, I saw him tweet something about GB baseball. So I reached out to him. I was like, dude, I had no idea they even had a national baseball team. Like, how do I get into this? And he was like, oh, that's awesome. I had no idea. Uh, so he reached out to Liam Carroll, who was the head coach of the GB baseball team at the time. And then I was going to play in the Euro Classic, I think, with them. Um, But then COVID came around. So that pretty much put everything on hold for a year. 
And then last year was the first time I heard, I heard about it again. Uh, that's when Drew Spencer reached back out to me. He said, Hey, uh, we know that you were interested a couple of years ago. It's been a long journey trying to, you know, turn over every single stone that we can with baseball players. Are you still interested? And I was like, absolutely. So it, it took a while for it to come around, but it was, it was definitely well worth it. Like you said, you missed the European qualifier or the European championship. So was your first uh, tournament with team Great Britain, the, 2022 world baseball classic qualifiers or did you play before that uh no the qualifiers were was my first tournament okay so tell me a little bit about that you were you were awesome in the qualifiers you you pitched against spain and i forget the other team was it france no it was the other one germany uh, right? germany <laughs> yeah yep. thank you so you pitched against spain and i thought you were the most important pitching performance i watched that game with tom it was incredible and you held them scoreless in the eighth and the ninth and then obviously they walked it off in the 10th just walk me through that whole thing you know from you getting up in the bullpen to the end of the game just tell me about it uh so that was the coldest week of baseball i think i've ever played in my life so it was it was it was borderline miserable um so it was like high 30s windy rainy um and our first game was against host germany and, you know, we come in as Great Britain, like, who are these guys? These guys don't play baseball over there. They're playing Germany. So it was like, you go in with the chip on your shoulder. You're like, gosh, we have a pretty solid team. Um, and I got to pitch two innings there. Uh, and, you know, it was it was a great experience. Um, my mom, my dad came out. My uncle and my grandfather all came out, flew over from Scotland. And they were like, oh, this is an awesome environment. Like, this was such a great time. Uh, it was it was a really cool experience pitching against Germany, and then knowing that we had a chance to qualify if we beat Spain uh, was like it was that was another obviously super cool experience. Um, and as you said, it went in the eighth and the ninth inning. Uh, only goal was <clears throat> the the hold'em scoreless, uh, so so the boys can hopefully score a run, which we did in the tenth inning in walk off fashion. Uh, but it was. Yeah, it was awesome. It was it was a really cool environment, uh, you know, playing over in Germany. Really cold, uh, <laughs> but it was it was a good time. Yeah, it sounds like a blast. From from what I can gather by watching some clips on YouTube, it seems you're a fastball slider guy, right? Yes. Yep. Learning learning okay. changes now, so that's mm-hmm. that's that's in the way. <laughs> hey, that's that's three more pitches than I'll ever have. So you're a fastball slider guy. And you come in, like you said, it was like the coldest game you've ever played. And did that affect the way you pitched at all? Did it affect, you know, your control, any of that? Um, no, not really. You know, as, as you as you get older, you kind of realize, like, man, like, yeah, my velo's down. But at least I don't have to swing a bat, you know, <laughs> something coming at me. Uh, so even if you're throwing, like, a couple miles an hour, a couple of mile an hour slower to the hitter, it's still – it still looks pretty fast and they're moving slow as well. So mm-hmm. um, you just have to get as hot as possible. Um, try not to overthrow them. They get that feel back. Um, it's just kind of about hitting spots and pitching to their weaknesses at that point. Yeah. Right. Uh, what kind of, what kind of velo do you throw? I think I, I feel like I remember reading that you sit in like the mid nineties. Is that right? Uh, yeah. My most recent outing, I was, 
five to eight. Okay. So I have a feeling a decent number of those guys on Team Germany probably don't see, you know, mid to high nineties every day. So even if you even if you got a, a tick or two off, you'll probably probably be okay, right? That had to you know sure. that had to be part of it. You still got you still got the velocity to put them away. And you know, you always got the slider in the back pocket. Yeah, exactly. Is your slider your out pitch or uh like what what would you say you're going to like oh two one two? Uh yeah, I would I would say slider. Um okay. I like throwing my slider. Uh, I got a pretty unique slot, um, and it just plays off my fastball pretty well. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah let's, you know, I, I think about this, uh, I still play m- more than Ethan does. So th- these are the things that go through my head, you know, I'm like, what do, what do you think he's going to, what do you think he throws one to, you know, so he's got, got good velocity, but you know, you don't want to just throw all fastballs. You don't want to be, uh the average guy at my level. <laughs> well, I Best do want to balls. ask because I, I was reading, I was reading a prospect right up on you. Right. And this was from August of 2022. So it's been a little less than a year and I'll read you really quick. He writes, this is a relief profile all the way, but, a, but it's a good one. I saw a couple of innings with two really good pitches, fastball 93 to 96, the arm side run topped out at 97 slider was excellent with tight two plane break between 83 and 85 and he threw a couple change-ups as well how much has your change up chain well that's a bad way of phrasing it but well how much of work have you been able to do on your change up to you know better yourself is the right term but do you see what, do you see what i'm getting at how, yeah, how much no, have you been definitely. able to improve since then is what i'm asking i guess uh, i'm gonna be focused with uh with the reds and i is to you know develop a third pitch um and to really harness that pitch, you know, if a guy knows that you're going to throw a fastball or slider, it's basically like a 50-50 chance of what he's going to get. So if I can mix in a changeup, uh, just to get him off off speed a little bit, even just to show it, even if it's down, they're like, okay, that's that's 88-90. Like, he, he can throw it. It's in his back pocket, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a pitch that I've, I've been trying to throw for the past, I don't know, 16 years. <laughs> so basically once I started playing baseball, um, I'm just not great at pronating. You know, kind of like all the guys who throw really good changeups are like, oh, this is a really, I can really pronate. Like, that's just not me. So it's been really mm-hmm. difficult. Um, but I think, I think I'm, I'm really starting to figure it out. I found a grip okay. that works. Um, and I've been throwing games ever since I got promoted to double A. I've been throwing it a lot more. And I've actually been getting a lot more swings and misses, um, a lot more strikes, which is, which is great, you know. So it's got an important. Instead of saying like one percent change ups, it'll probably say like ten to fifteen percent, which is which is good because you know lefties because mm-hmm. that since throwing sliders into lefties, uh, you know they can they can just spin on it. You know sometimes if it, if it right, goes yeah, too back foot mm-hmm. or um, if I go fastballs away, they can just slap it the other way. So it kind of gives something where they're just out in front. Um, but okay, it's developing, and I feel good with it now. Feeling a lot yeah. better with it. Did so, you throw so, it at all in the World Baseball Classic, or were you not, uh, not like under you know development with it yet at the time? Uh, I was still still in development stages with it. Um, okay. But you know, you kind of have to pick and choose when you want to develop a pitch and when you want to just go at guys. 
And yeah, I felt, no, you know, Rose, I felt like, like Randy Rosarina wasn't the guy I should work with my changeup with. Uh, uh, yeah, I can see that. You know, there's a right. case to be made. But, uh, you know, double A game when it's when we're up by two in the seventh inning, I'm like, okay, I can go change up 0 1 to this lefty right now. And yeah. it's not going to hurt me, you know? So it's. Mm. It's been a lot better. No changeups in the in the, in the classic, so uh, well, <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, so that some, leads, some, right? <laughs> that leads into my next question because in the qualifiers, I noticed a couple of names like you know Bruce Maxwell, Aaron Altair, some like fringe major league guys. Philly's great, Aaron Altair, by the way. We're Philly, right? Fans. Yeah, old timer. Um, and and then and then you get into the World Baseball Classic, you know, the main tournament, and you're facing guys like Freddie Freeman, Tyler O'Neill, Randy Rosarena, like you said, Alex Verdugo. How much does that change things for you? Do you have to, you know, be be a little more uh, on the black all the time, or are you still just going at guys with the same mindset? Um, yeah, it's basically just this is what I have. Try to hit it. Um, type mentality, you know. Um, obviously, you don't want to you don't want to go. Hey, Randy, here's a oo fastball down the middle. <laughs> um, it will get me over pitch. That probably wouldn't end up too well. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, then, then again, then again, it might, you know, um, you hit 300 and made out seven to 10 times, but you're yeah. off guard. Catch mm-hmm. him off guard. He's, lo- he's looking for so, that you know, change up. Yeah. yeah there you go. Right. Um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, really, I mean, it's, it's baseball. So any guy can go out there and be late on a bat on a fastball and sit still a double down the line. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, so it's, it doesn't, it didn't really change kind of. Like with what teams we were playing, maybe like against France, like I don't have to be too fine. You know, I don't have to put this fastball in the black. You can basically just go, I don't think they've seen anything over 90. No offense to the French team. But, um, you know, as you sit and watch the game, you can kind of like, okay, these guys probably can't hit slider. These guys can't hit this. Um, But when you do face teams like USA, Mexico, it's like, Oh, these guys can hit anybody's mm. fastball slider. Um, so it's basically just pitching to your strengths at that point. I don't remember specifically, but who did you appear against in the World Baseball Classic proper? You, you pitched against Mexico and Canada. Was was that your only appearances? Yes, yes. Canada, okay. Mexico. Okay. So you didn't well, get to I... face Trout. No Trout matchup. <laughs> no, oh, no, no Trout matchup. We wanted so, to go with more um, veteran guys, um, I guess is the correct term, uh, guys okay. who they know they could throw strikes with not too much velocity because, you know, it's something they don't really see too much is like righty throwing like 85, 87 with a plush changeup, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you might be like, ah, oh, they're big league hitters. That, that's a BP to them. But, you know, it, it's, it's not, you know, like they – it's spring training. They still face all the top guys. They're still expecting, you know, the fastest speeds. Um, and we kind of took the underdog role in that first game where it's like, yeah, we're going to throw all these guys against you and hit them, you know? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And they kind of wanted to save more of the guys who can go a couple more innings into games that we could win, you know, like Canada and Colombia. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, it just set up that way to where we didn't, play our best against Canada and they played really good. <laughs> yeah. And then we played really well against Colombia and we got got a win and then we played really well against Mexico actually with some guys who came back after a day down. So um 
like like I said, it's baseball, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody can we win. saw a lot of that's baseball in this World Baseball Classic, so that's for sure. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think I think one of the important things was you you went two innings against Canada in a game where it was just a track meet. I forget the final score, but it was like both teams scored like ten runs, right? And I, it was really important to save the bullpen. It seemed to me watching the game, right? Right. Yeah. So I actually didn't even record an out against Canada. Oh, uh, I'm thinking the other <laughs> one. I'm no no worries that's fine you can think about that no i'm gonna worry but it was if you go back (laughs) go back and watch it it was uh run run first one out and freddie freeman hits a ball up the middle and it hits off my ankle and if it didn't hit off my ankle it was a double play um and then there was two other balls that didn't make it out of the infield that were base hits Mm -hmm. um and then like a walk and a strikeout or something like that. I can't really I try to forget that game a little bit more than the other one. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, uh, but no, that was, it was good. You know, you kind of got the jitters out kind of like, Oh man, like, okay. Like it's still baseball. Mm-hmm. It's just, you just have like a country across your chest, you know? Um, so the Mexico game was actually way more rowdy than the game. And yeah, you went it in was. and it's like, you've been here before. <laughs> Let's just let's just go get him like I know I could. So that was a lot better outing that second time around. Now, was there anything to like you come in and you face Freddie Freeman, like one of the best hitters in the world? Is there anything like okay? It probably doesn't get tougher from here. Like I've already seen the the best this tournament has to throw throw at me in a lot of ways. I thought it was just a pretty cool experience. You know, like oh man, it's Freddie oh, yeah. Freeman. Like <laughs> I grew up watching this guy. Um, yeah. It's like, how cool would it be for me to strike him out? You know, that's the type of thought process right. that kind of go through your head. Um, mm-hmm. But then the next day, I had a tight of bruise on my ankle, and I showed my dad, I'm like, "Hey, I this is Freddie Freeman." <laughs> so yeah, a little souvenir. Two ways to look at it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll never, right. I'll never meet Freddie Freeman. So you got me beat. Hey, yeah. don't say never. You know, that's a good. Who knows? Never know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's a good. Listen, point. I met oh. George Springer a couple weeks ago, so you know. These things happen. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan's like, I'm never gonna meet these people. I'm not popular enough. No, I just I just like the, that we're having a guy on to be like, hey, come tell us about your fr- talks with Freddie Freeman and everything. And Tom goes, I, I met George Springer, just so you know. Just want to like get that out hey, there. Listen, <laughs> just, just in case you listen, know. Donovan Benoit, George Springer. I mean, I'd say yeah, right? equal <laughs> in terms of how honored I am. So I'm you taking know. I'm taking oh, Ben Moore every time. Yeah. Was George Springer oh, nice enough flattering. to come on our podcast? Um, um, okay, we're we're morons. Um, yeah. George Springer <laughs> wanted weird bats, so maybe not. Maybe he's off the list. <laughs> I don't even know what are we doing here. <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? Talking about George Springer. What what other uh, what other questions we got planned? Anyway, anyway. Um, so speaking of the roster construction and everything. You got to play with some MLB guys, right? And some active MLB guys, Trace Thompson, Ian Jibbo of your Reds, and then some mm-hmm. former MLB guys like Philly's great Vance Worley. Um, what was that? Well, just, you know, what was that like being in a locker room with those guys? I'm assuming that's not an everyday occurrence, you know, in college in the minor leagues. No, definitely, definitely not. Um, you see it sometimes um, in the minor leagues. Like last year, I got to read um, – like when I was with Dayton, the high A team, um, I got to be in a locker room with Joey Votto for a week when he was rehabbing. Um, cool. 
I got to be in a locker room with um, Jake Fraley, uh, Justin Dunn, um, uh, Luis, Luis Castillo came rehab with us. So we actually had a bunch of guys last year come, come rehab with us, but it's kind of like, like you just look at them from your locker. You don't really go up and talk to them or anything. Cause you know, it's like, right. it's like if you wanted to go back to your JV team and just kind of like, <laughs> ah, I got to go rehab for an inning or two. And then you go back up to the big boys, you know? Right. Um, so, I mean, it was pretty cool uh, to go out with those guys. Um, but I think it was, it was super cool to, to be with Trace and uh, Ian, um, Ian, especially just because, you know, he's reliever with the rest. Something I would do one day, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was it was different, you know. You kind of you kind of expect them to act a certain way, be a certain way. Um, but then when you're in a bowl, something you know, regular guys. Um, I'd say Trace was a little bit more like to himself, but I think that's just his personality. You know, he's a great guy, um, uh-huh. massive. He was like six five, six six. I uh, wasn't expecting right. that. So he was my, my locker buddy to my left for two of the days. And, you know, you just kind of – when he shows up to the locker, you're like, just grab your glove, kind of go off until he's done with his stuff. You know, you don't really want to bother him too much, um, even though you're on the same team. But right. <laughs> uh, it was yeah, it was cool. You know, Vance Worley was very down to earth. Um, great guy. Talked to everybody. Super cool guy. Come over and have breakfast with you. Um, you know, like one of the one, – obviously one of the leaders on the team. Um, huge get for us to, to pitch for us. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, you know, it, it's it's super cool. And then also to look around the locker room and you have guys like Harry Ford, you know, guys who will be big leaguers one day, um, and you can kind of start building that repertoire with them. Um, yeah, guys we, like we, Donovan we, Benoit who will be big yeah. leaguers one day. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Let's be honest yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, you look, yeah, look around the locker room and there's just like a bunch of different guys that you're like. Man, like he could be a big leaguer. He could be a big leaguer, and mm-hmm. even if they're not big leaguers, it's still like you know you, you still create that bond with the guy. Like we did something that nobody else has done before, which was really awesome. Yeah, yeah, now, absolutely. Here's a a question that that's been burning in my mind ever since the World Baseball Classic, and it's you know it may not be important to everybody, but I was a huge fan of like the celebrations that you guys came up with. I loved like the knighting ceremony and the tea yeah. celebration. Who came up with those? Do you know? Um, I, I you can't can remember credit. the knighting, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I can't remember the knighting celebration. I think I, that one, I can't really remember, but like the teabag one was, I think we saw somebody on TV do like a double celebration. And we were like, Oh, we should do something cool. Right. Um, I think Harry Ford had an interview with MLB Network and he was like, Yeah, you know, we might we might dip the tea in the tea bag, like uh <laughs> and then like I think that's how it came. Um but yeah, I think it was I think the tea bag one was a lot of the guys saying like, Oh, we should try this and then Okay. I I'm not gonna not gonna point anybody for the nighting celebration because I don't wanna <laughs> It was Donovan Benoit. Say the wrong name. Donovan Benoit. Yeah, we yeah. Yeah. yeah, confirm. You, you heard, heard it here it. first. You heard it here first. Thanks again for taking the time to uh, to talk with us here. We have no no audience, and we're a couple of idiots, so I really appreciate you <laughs> being nice. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Um, I don't get too many of these, so uh, 
Shout out to anybody who wants to, who wants to listen. I guess <laughs> we'll give it time, man. When you're in the big leagues, then you'll have then you'll have no time for us. So I'll be able to yeah. say I was into the ground floor. <clears throat> um, but anyway, we can hop back into it. Uh, yeah. Did we finish the tea the celebration thing? Did you have something else you want to say, Tom? No, no, no. I'm good. I think I think I got all the answers that are possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know what? I got to be honest with you. There is a certain amount of yeah. mystery around it that I think makes it better. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. You're right. It's sort of like the called shot. Fun fact for you guys is they MLB actually took that the crown and the cape and they put that in the uh, they put it in Cooperstown. Oh, oh, really? How cool is that? Did I love that, that rules? So, so it was so pretty, were, pretty cool from the from the last day that I know. So you're you're in Cooperstown, some to some degree, right? Yeah, <laughs> more yeah, than all of I was the one who came up with that. Yeah, more than all of me. So I do, <laughs> I do want to ask because we're talking about team celebrations and all this stuff. And as far as I could tell, you guys had these really cool off the wall celebrations. Everybody else kind of, you know, they pointed the dugout, they you know whatever. Um, but you guys had these really England specific ones, which was really cool. Do you think that spending time together, mostly the same group of guys in the qualifiers, was really important to you guys? Obviously, you had a couple of new additions for the main tournament, but for the most part, it was the same group. Oh, definitely. Um, it was, yeah, it was the team that qualified, the team that, you know, took GB to to the World Baseball Classic, um, so which I thought was super cool. You know, showing up, like, like dude, all the hard work that we put in for that tournament, like, we won, we had good success, let's bring it over to here, and, like, we get to hang out with all the same guys. I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. You know, it was you, you do have some different additions. I think they were for the best. Um, you took some of the guys who just didn't play, um, some of the guys who they knew they could put on the team. Um, good ball players, do not get me wrong. But when you can add guys like Trace Thompson and Ingebo, guys who were in their major league seasons or just finishing their seasons, mm-hmm. um, it just makes it that much better, you know, which was – it was, it was tough, you know, kind of saying goodbye to – not really saying goodbye, but not having the other guys who helped you win it there with you. But, you know, I think everybody knew it was – whatever team they're going to put out, it's, it's it's for us to win. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And I think, obviously, to me as a, as a GB fan, and I would assume to you guys as the players too, it seemed like the most important part was just let's make sure we don't have to requalify. And you did that. You guys beat Columbia. That was an amazing <laughs> – that was an amazing game to watch. And how important is that to you guys as a team? And do you put plan on playing in the next one, in the next WBC now that you have a spot locked up? Oh, 100%. Um, this is something I want to do for as long as possible. Um, I think it was it was huge for us to win that game um, against Columbia. Uh, you know, it was – we were going into day three, three straight games – you come off a, a tough one in USA, and you come off another one where you just got absolutely embarrassed against Canada. And it was like, all right, like, like we still have some pitching left. Like we're good. Like we saved some guys just for this game, and then for us to qualify, it was we we're like, man, that was huge. You know, we beat Colombia, and then Colombia loses their next game, and we won the tiebreaker. And we we're like, oh man, like we're good for the next game, or we're good for the next tournament. So it was, yeah, huge for us, huge for the program. 
So how wild was it? Were you guys all watching together? I know they showed Drew Spencer in the stands, but where were you when all this happened? Because if I remember correctly, you had to wait till Columbia lost to then qualify, right? Correct. So they they had to lose to, I, I believe it was Mexico. No, because I think they beat Mexico. I think they, I think it was USA. They they had to beat. And yeah, that, sounds, like, that sounds right. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't remember hmm. Canada. I mean, flip of a coin at this point. But I was watching in the hotel room, um, sitting there, and I was like, man, there's no way these guys are going to win, right? There's <laughs> no way. And they kept they kept panning to Drew. And it was in the group chat, it was like, hey, we see you on TV. We see you on TV. <laughs> and he's like, do I look good? Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, sitting there watching, it was just hoping, like, man, like, the yes, the qualifier was fun. No, I do not want to do it again, <laughs> just because you know, it's right. the uncertainty around it. You know, you much rather qualify for the next time. Yeah, absolutely. So, where were you at when this happened? Were you where were you watching the game? I was in the hotel, and mm-hmm. they had to go the last. They played the last game of the like little tournament format that we had, and we didn't have to play that last game because, of course, we didn't get a bye. Um, so just sitting in my hotel room, I was like, ah, you know, should I head back to spring training today or should I go tomorrow? And I was like, ah, I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> just hang, just hanging out in the, uh, the hotel room, just had the TV on pretty much the only thing I was watching. Actually, can I ask you a really dumb question on something you just mentioned that's not related? I noticed this with you guys. I'm also a big team Israel fan because my, my family's Jewish. And so I noticed this with them too. You guys had a buy on the last day of your round and Israel had a buy on the first day of their round. And with all the pitching restrictions, you have to wait a day after so many pitches and you have to wait four days after so many pitches. Does it annoy you as a player that you don't get the off day in between so that you can reset some guys' pitch counts? Oh, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think it, it's just whatever teams the, in the bottom – is basically like, ah, yeah, you guys get screwed over with the, uh, with the schedule. So, you know, like we won the qualifier. So we were actually supposed to go to Japan by the way that we did the calculations. Um, we were supposed to go to Japan, but of course, of course the, uh, the selection show comes on and we get put with USA. We're like, ah, of course, but that's who I wanted to play against. <laughs> um, so, yeah, four straight days. Four straight days. And, you know, that, that was that was a tough part of talking about pitching where, you know, you have some guys in the first game that probably can't come back until day three or day four because, you know, a little bit older guys. And you mm-hmm. guys have been day, day – that's why day two and day three were so important to us because it was, you know, we're going to have to put all of our arms in these two games, try to win because restriction. They can't really come back with too many pitches. So it was difficult, but we kind of figured a way around it. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, because you guys qualified and that's – that seemed like that was the most important goal heading into the tournament. So we haven't said it yet. So by the way, congratulations. Yeah. Just so, just so it's out there. Um, but yes. I do, I do, I do <laughs> want to ask. It's the least I can do. Um, I, I do want to ask how, how do you think playing in the WBC and your performance on, and like I said, amazing in the qualifiers an excellent game against Mexico. Do you think that's aided your, uh, I guess, professional development at all, your career progression within the Reds? Um, you know, that's, that's a good question. That's, uh, I'm honestly not too sure. 
you know, I think for me as a player, yes, that's helped me. Um, I'm not sure how the Reds view it. Um, obviously, I'm hoping they view it as positive. Uh, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not really too sure. Um, for me, it was it was awesome pitching against, you know, like Verdugo, Rosarino, Freddie Freeman, O'Neill, you know, all those guys. Because it's like, oh, yeah, I can go out there and do it, you know. Um, so as a player, you're like, oh, yeah, like it's – they're just – they're just older, they're stronger, they're just a little bit better than some of the guys I'm facing now. But, like, I know I can go out there and, you know, dominate every single time I go out there. It's a thought process. But, um, so, yeah, I thought I, – I, as a player, I thought it was really good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's – yeah, that's great. And I would think that they – I would hope they won't hold it against you if you go out there and give up a couple knocks to, you know, Freddie Freeman and Randy Rosarena yeah. and stuff. Right. I don't think that would – I don't think that would really be fair. Um, But no, that's super cool. So I don't think I have any more questions about the WBC. Um, Is there anything we didn't touch on that you think we should talk about that was really cool or anything or anything you just want to get off your chest to us? Uh, I think if anybody has an opportunity to go see a game in person, they definitely should. Um, Mm. Whether that be WBC, MLB, or even if they want to take a um, a winter vacation to Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, because um, they have winter ball leagues over there. Mexico, they all have winter ball leagues. I would highly suggest going to watch some of those games because um, it's not like the states where everybody just kind of sits around as a beer, you know, like, oh cool, like no, I struck out, boo, oh you got a hit, all right, cool, you know, it's it's. It's it is truly like one of the most fun environments playing when I played against Mexico, and you know we have had a lot in, obviously in the uh, in our farm system and all the farm systems, and they really benefit. And playing and watching those types of games, I think, are super cool. A lot different than watching an MLB game or even a college game. You know, you see in Omaha right now is a little bit less than what you'll see at some of those types of games. Yeah, the the crowds Perfect. at those games were 1 million percent more raucous than your average like MLB regular season game. Oh yeah. Which is I I believe is yeah. an observation we've made on the podcast as well, so we definitely agree. How were the crowds in Germany, did you think, on a cold rainy day where, you know, it's you in Spain, not Germany? How, what were the crowds like there? The the crowds when it was me when it was us versus France, not that great. Right. Um, when it was us versus Germany, it was packed, obviously. Um, and then when it was us versus Spain, it was uh, decent. It was pretty decent, you know. Um, but it was funny because over in Germany they play like techno music between like every pitch, every pitch. Like as soon as you. Soon as the catcher's mitt, play button, and <laughs> so as a pitcher, you're like you're coming set, and it's still playing. And so as soon as you lift your leg off, as soon as it hits the glove, back on. It was That's... so it was kind of like all right, like this this is enough. But you know they were all all drinking beer, um, the entire game. You know, <laughs> so it was it was rowdy. So pretty cool environment. <laughs> Now, was that disconcerting at all that like 
the entire time you, you come set you know, until you're literally in your wind up they're just playing music is that weird like where you're like oh this is getting in my head a little bit uh you know you kind of lock in like for me i don't really hear too much noise fair um, enough yeah but there was there there would be a couple of times where it's like oh i hear it man that's kind of annoying and then you pitch right. <laughs> you know right every now and then you kind of hear it i can't yeah, imagine it being like the like the the crowd for the other team like oh, listen i gotta strike this dude out i gotta silence the techno music <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's no so matter bizarre. what happens he's always playing though Always that sounds that sounds <laughs> yeah. really annoying, but you did you did fine. You, you passed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I do because we were talking. Uh, the last guest we had on was Andy Brown. I'm assuming you're familiar with him, the artist. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, so the, I want to just give me your thoughts on Andy as a man, as a father, as a husband. Um, no, give me give me your thoughts on Andy. <laughs> as a part of the team because he was telling us that he followed uh you know the team around that drew wanted him in all the meetings and stuff like that i've never heard of a team painter before i'm imagining all of the other teams didn't have a team painter i would think tell me about it like as a player what was was that weird was it uh when i first showed up when i saw him and i was like i was like who is this guy so I, well, I walked up to myself, walked up to him, and I introduced myself. And he's like, "Oh yeah, like you know, I, I paint." I was like, "Oh cool, like you do that in your free time?" Like uh, that's a cool fun fact, I guess. But he was like, "No, like I'm painting, I'm painting here." And I was like, "Oh okay." And so it was our first practice, and I see him get out the, I don't know what it's called, the, the where he puts the canvas on, and I was like, "He's going to start painting." He's yeah, and so I was like okay and so we, our practice was like an hour maybe hour and a half and i come and i was like peeking over there every couple every so often and i was like okay and at the end of it i'm like whoa this is really cool you know <laughs> um you know with and with drew uh he he's a big uh big advocate for even if you're the painter like ah, we don't want you to, to be in our team meeting you know this is just for the players like no, like if you're part of the GB, you're part of the GB family, you know, mm-hmm. um, he wanted him to feel, he wanted him to come and be with all the meetings. Cause he was with us, you know, doing the same things we were showing up at the same times, staying for the entire games, but he was just, just painting, you know, like, yeah, we were playing, but he was, he was capturing a moment, which is, it's really hard to capture, you know? Um, and my, my girlfriend actually bought a present for my, my parents. It was like replicas of, each game that he did, yeah, um, like the one against France, Germany, and Spain, and oh, it was awesome. I was like, man, I might take these for myself. <laughs> but you know, he was a good guy. Go, you can talk to him. You know, I, I'm pretty sure we had a beer with him a couple of times um, after the games. But it was, yeah, he was a great guy. Yeah, yeah we definitely a- agree. He was he was one of our favorite guests on the podcast too. He's uh he's really easy to talk to. I definitely noticed that. I do want to ask. Uh, I realized uh, like ten minutes ago, I said I was out of World Baseball Classic questions, and now I keep asking World Baseball Classic questions. So you can you can well, tell me to stop whenever you want. But no I do. I don't know why I didn't think to write this down. Are you, I guess, in touch with or keep track of? I'm not sure exactly how to phrase it, but like, do you 
keep an eye on the growth of the game in the United Kingdom at all? Because obviously you're from the United States, born and raised there. But do you kind of keep an eye on how the game is growing over there? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like I kind of started, you know, researching, you know, baseball in Scotland. Uh, not that I don't really care about England and UK as a whole, but Scotland is, you know, like my heritage um, mm -hmm. and they don't have any baseball really going on over there. You know, you go on the websites and it's more, more, London, you know, that some um, baseball or baseball in Scotland. So it's actually called baseball Scotland. They have their own like league. I've reached out mm -hmm. to, I reached out to somebody who put me in contact with somebody from their league and I kind of wanted to, you know, see if I could, I don't know, like try to help fund a team so they can play in the British Baseball Federation. Um, Interesting. Haven't really gotten too much back from them yet. Because um, it just rains all the time over there, you know. It's cold and rainy. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm – so baseball, you know, it, it's it's hard to take off when you know the fields are wet and it's cold outside. It's raining a little bit, you know. It's it's hard, but I would love for for them to to start exploding with baseball. You know, I think that'd be super cool. I'm actually starting the process of getting my British passport, and if I get that done, one, I can play in the Euros, and two, I can go back over, and you know, try to help start something or you know like something that goes on over there you know um, mm -hmm. but yeah you know baseball it's just not taking off yet right now but it will be you know it's it's starting to and this the with with gb you know qualifying and my grandfather was like oh you're in the paper over here and i'm like oh that's cool you know like start getting some momentum so it's it's it's, it's good for the sport over there it's starting to grow yeah. Well, that's awesome that you're getting involved. We had on a guy named Paul Convoy. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's the president of Baseball Scotland, and he was super nice, and he told us all about it. But, yeah, he was saying that, like, the most important thing was just getting equipment because he was like, you can't just walk into a sporting goods store and buy a baseball bat. Like, that's not a thing. So it costs a ton of money to get it shipped and everything. So that's really cool that you're trying to, you know, get involved and help with the team and everything. That's awesome. Did they – you're not really making any headway, though? Um, you know, it's, it's just kind of hard. Um, uh, I'm trying to see if the guy that you reached out to is the same guy I was talking to, but no, it's not. Um, oh, well, Maybe we I, mean, yeah, that connection. I was going to say, if we, if you want, we can put you in touch with it. He was super, super nice. Yeah. I mean, that'd be, that'd be great. Um, you know, I would, uh, what I understand is travel is difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, they obviously need equipment. Um, and that's that's just the main thing, you know. You, you threw baseballs like crazy. Uh, you know, you're wet, boom, like basically that ball's ruined. You just need like more equipment. Um, you mm -hmm. know, just kind of equipment. You know, just more more fan engagement is kind of what they need. So yeah, if you could put me in contact with Paul, you said Paul, right? Paul Cowboy, yeah. yeah, he was super nice. Yeah, um, Paul. Then yeah, I would I would love to do that and kind of see if there's anything I can do to kind of start, you know, like that momentum builder with those guys over there. Yeah. I'll hit them up as soon as we're done. We also talked to, are you, are, do you know Gabriel Rincones, the guy in the Philly system? Uh, I, I know who he is. I've heard oh, a lot he, about him. Yeah. He's like a Scottish born 
uh, player, and he's really he's, he's really good. He's I think he's like skyrocketing up the Phillies charts. And uh, yeah, he said the same thing where he was like, you know, I got to a certain age where my parents were like, you might be good enough if you want to be serious about this, you got to go to the United States, which kind of sucks for Scotland, mm-hmm. but I guess that's the way it is. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's how it would be if you wanted to be a professional cricketer over here. It's like, listen, there's <laughs> yeah. only so far you're gonna be able to go in the United States. You know? Yeah, exactly. I also, exactly. You can tell. You can tell I'm not any good at this whole podcasting thing because I just spent the past ten minutes recapping our old episodes. Yeah. Um, but now, Donovan, but I, is there any threat uh, of? Is there any threat of you showing up at a couple baseball Scotland games and gassing up some amateurs? Oh, please say yes. <laughs> I would. I would pay admission. I would. Lo- that would be awesome. Uh, I think that would be. I think I'd have to do just like, like just close out a game. Um, anything yeah. more than that would be kind of ridiculous on my part. <laughs> uh, but I think I would like to go over there and you know like hit. I think that would be fun. You know, I used there to in college don't get to hit anymore, but if I can go over there and you know like play with the guys and hit you know something where it's like i mean yeah i would still be very good because i'm still a pretty good hitter mm-hmm. uh i think that'd be like that'd be way better than me going on the mound it's like okay like it, it's it wouldn't really be fair <laughs> you know yeah it's just <laughs> not to just hype myself just up, but yeah well yeah i mean listen you know you you throw 95 against dudes in scotland you know you just three right down the gut and just sit yeah. them down you know <laughs> I really like the idea of you go, yeah, you just throw in heat against guys that are like 40 with like beer guts. So one of the things that we've talked about from time to time, uh, I think on the podcast as well, is, uh, you know, the the conditions down in the minors, what it's like. And uh, we haven't, I don't think we've really talked to any players about it yet, because I don't think Rincones was like really in yet. Yeah, he was not. But, um, you know... obviously the stories go around you know it's not it's not quite as glamorous as being a major league player but there is a new cba that that came with some fresh benefits for minor leaguers is is that in effect do you know like it is some of it's in effect now and some of it will be in effect next year i believe i think that's how it works so like the new salaries this year um certain yeah like certain things this year certain things are next year i'm not really too sure like what like there's there's so many things that happened that was that were great that was really good for for minor leaguers um and i think over the course of the next year it'll be even better um but you know the salary for one was the biggest change i think that a lot of guys really needed not like wanted Mm -hmm. but like really needed um you know, we got paid $15,000 last year and you don't get paid in the off season. Um, so during the off season, you know, you got to go grab a job or you just go back home, live with the parents, you know, be the guy who you used to joke about when you were like in high school, like, Oh, you're going to go live in your basement with your parents. Like, yeah, I will. Cause I save money, you know? All right. Yeah. Cause, I, cause I get paid six bucks an hour to yeah. be a minor league baseball yeah. player. What did you, what did you do during the off season? Um, this off season, I actually saved some money the year before and got a place to work out in New Orleans. And I split the cost with one of my buddies who's with the uh, not Royals anymore, Cubs now, and yeah. my girlfriend. So we got like a two bedroom 
place in New Orleans, spent the off season there, trained there. So didn't have to spend money at a facility. Um, and it was pretty close to home. Uh, so it's like three hours away. So I could go do that. But the year before that, I actually worked at a fishing company warehouse. Um, okay. So one of my best friends, her grandparents own, it's called Joe Patty Seafood. Shout out to them. It's like okay. the biggest, uh, it's like one of the biggest seafood distributors in Pensacola. So like you go in there and it's just like an aisle, aisle of fish and like a little store to the right. <laughs> so I would work in a warehouse. I'd stock everything, show up there at 8 a.m. every morning, stock the store, make sure everything was good. Um, and did that until 3, 3.30. And then I would then go to my next job, which was an off-seat. Like, I was, like, giving lessons here and there. Okay. Um, giving lessons. And I also use that as, like, my workout throw facility. So it was, like, a little bit of a mix of both. And then wouldn't come home until, like, 6.30 from that. So it was, it was long days. Um and, you know, just scraping by, honestly, like it was, you, you don't get paid that much, but, you know, she, she really hooked me up, got me a job and it was something I needed just, you know, kind of just stay even for the off season, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it yeah. was, it was good. You know, you make, you kind of learn to appreciate a little bit more and, you know, you work with guys like, <clears throat> so where I work, there was a lot of people who were on work release in prison. Um, you know, you learn different backgrounds of life, um, different people, and, you know, they, they were, they might have not done the greatest of things, but they were, they were good people to me, you know, um, it was good for me too, you know, just keep my head down, work hard, mm-hmm. you don't want to rough on your feathers because, well, one, you don't know what's, what could happen, <laughs> but two, it's like, you know, like, maybe they're just going through a hard time in life, right? I just right. head down, go to work, go do my thing, you know? If they want to talk to me, cool, they'll talk to me. If not, they won't. But um, mm. it was good. It was good. I made some connections there. So, man, yeah, that was a grind a little bit, that offseason. <laughs> so this one's going to feel a lot better when I'm getting getting some money every two weeks. Well, yeah, that's it. what I was going to ask. And if, if this is, like, too personal, you don't have to answer. But are you – well, I guess I'll just ask it generally. Do, do you think that minor leaguers now, because it's a significant pay raise, I think it's – I like roughly 30,000 something is like the wage for a lot of guys, which like you're definitely not getting rich, but that's like, you can live in the United States on that amount of money. You couldn't before. So are a lot Mm. of guys now in the position where you can spend the off season, mostly focusing on baseball, resting, doing your thing and not have to work 10 hour days. Like you're talking about. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause you know, the, the teams pay for your housing in the minor league system. So my housing's paid for. So it's basically all profit that you make, you know, if you want to, besides like groceries, you know, stuff like that, like right, yeah. pay off the phone bill, car insurance, like besides that, like you don't pay for rent. So you really only pay for rent in the off season if you want to. Um, for me, I might go spend it with my girlfriend in New York. So that'll be free for me because she's paying for it, you know, because she's mm-hmm. had her, her job there. If not, I can just go back to my parents' house. Um, but for some guys where it's, they don't have the luxury of doing that, they, yeah, they can easily go grab something like a six month lease in the off season. And they're not going to be like, man, can I afford to eat out tonight? Or can I afford right. to like put gas in my car without mm-hmm. working? 
Um, but it's, yeah, so like you were saying, it's basically double of what we got paid last year, which just helps a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one of the things that you were saying, because we were trying to set up this meeting and we had a schedule for 730 and then you're like, ah, my bus took forever and uh, it was yes. a seven hour ride. I know I was reading Jeff Passan's article before we got on about the minor league CBA and the changes. And it sort of had a nebulous, oh, we're making improvements to the geographical range games are going to be taking place in. And hopefully the travel won't be as bad. Seven hours still sounds like it sucks. Like, what's the travel like? What's the travel like in general? And what's the travel like compared to last year when there was no CBA? So, I've been very lucky to get drafted post COVID. So, pre COVID, it was actually miserable from what I've been hearing. It would be you'd play three games that night, you you go on a bus trip, however long it is. The next day, you play three more games, bus trip five games, you know, it was like an actual big league schedule. Whereas now it's, you play six days a week and you get Mondays off. And so if it's more than, more than three and a half, four hours, you typically go on Monday. So my off day was spent sitting on a bus, which stinks, but um, it's a lot better than getting one or two off days a month uh, and traveling every three or four days, switching hotel rooms. Um, so in that sense, I've been very lucky and, um, it's, it's, it's not as bad as people make it seem. Uh, yeah, the bus trips stink, but when I first, I got called up about five weeks ago now and we were on a, it was a homestand. So six days, then we go on a two week road stand. So that was only a two hour road trip to, Huntington, no, Huntsville, sorry. And then an hour that that Tuesday to Tennessee Smokies, which is Knoxville, and then an hour back to our house. So not that at all, you know? Like, that's okay. super easy. Um, it's when you start playing teams from the other side of the conference, that's when it's like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> Luxie, seven hours. Pensacola, six and a half hours, you know? But we only play these guys, like, twice a year. Maybe maybe. I think it's twice a year and you only travel to their place once. So mm. not as bad. Okay. So it does sound like it is a lot better. I, I, I haven't really had no knowledge about the minor leagues, but I was watching, you know, Matt Antonelli, the YouTube guy who played for the Padres. He, uh, he was doing videos on like minor league travel and stuff. And he was like, yeah, it's like an eight hour bus ride to sleep for four hours. You get up and play a game. There's, it doesn't sound like there's no more of that. No, no. Luckily, there's no more of that because that was a big reason why a lot of the guys quit was because one, they couldn't afford it. And two, it's just so brutal. You know, you show up to a place and it's three games here, four games there. You have to pay for housing. So you get promoted. You're, you're stuck in the lease. You got to get a new lease. Teams right. are helping you with housing. You're still getting paid like $13. You know, it was, <laughs> so it, it's a lot. It's a lot better now. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're being treated yeah. like a human being. I do think about it yeah, sometimes because right. <laughs> I grew up going to a lot of Blue Rocks games as a kid. And I thought, and like as a kid, you just watch the guys play baseball and you have fun. Like I saw like Zach Granke play when I was a kid and everything. And it was really fun. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult, I'm like, oh man, there's like for every Zach Granke, there were like 20 regular guys who never made it past double A. And that's a shame. Yeah. And I feel like mm-hmm. a little bit bad about that. And now, now it's good to know that when I go and see a minor league team, I'm seeing a person who's actually somewhat being treated like a human being which makes me feel better about consuming the product yeah rather yeah, than being no, treated definitely. like a resource yeah. yeah 
Exactly. So tell me a little bit about the climb up the minor league. Sorry, I'm really fascinated with like, the minor league lifestyle because I don't really know anything about it. And it seems like it's undergoing this massive transition. So like, tell me a little bit about like just the climb up the minor league ladder. Like, does it do the conditions improve every step of the way? Like I'm assuming it changes once you're on the 40 man roster. Um, I know a lot of times you hear stories of like, ah, you don't like it, play better. Like, is there still that kind of attitude or how have things changed? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, so every, every org is different. So I'll just speak on how the Reds do it. Cause that's the only team that I really know. I'd prefer um, you speak on how the Texas Rangers do it. <laughs> don't, I actually got drafted by them, so I, I almost could have. Oh, there you uh, go. The San Diego fun, Padres. Fun fact. <laughs> make, make something yeah. up. Yeah, the Oakland A's. Their major sure league know. team is part of their no, the Oakland, system. The Oakland, <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so, so when I got drafted, they sent basically our entire draft class to LA in the rookie league, which I had no idea of the thing when I got drafted. And – so you go play in the rookie league. So you actually mm-hmm. have the DSL, which is the Dominican Summer League, rookie league, low A, high A, blah, blah, right? You always just think it's low A, high A, double A, triple A. I mean, that's how I thought right. it was. So we all got drafted. We Most of us got sent there um, besides, I think, three of our guys. I think three of them who had, like, enough innings. It was, like, Matt McClain. Obviously, he went straight to high A mm-hmm. after, like, a week or so. Um, Andrew Abbott and Thomas Farr, those two guys went to Dayton just because they had a bunch of innings already on the year. No point. So you play there, you do instructs, and then they put you up in a house. So it's two to a room, four to a house. So two bed, one bath, two bed, two bath. Mm-hmm. And you just get put, it's basically like, like college baseball all over again, right? With new guys you, you don't you know, know a thing about. Right. Uh, so, finished up the finished up the rookie league season with them. Finished instructs, off season. Uh, you're on your own, housing, all that stuff. You come back during spring training. We put you up in a house, still two to a room, uh, four to a house, um, and you do spring training, and then you get sent out to your teams. For us, we don't get told until like three days before we get sent out. So it's, oh, man, like, he got cut. Like, this guy could be going here, so I could be going here. You know, it's speculating the entire time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough that I got promoted straight to high A once we broke with camp, so I didn't have to deal with low A. So I, went, I was in high the entire year last year, um, which was great. You know, Dayton, Ohio, uh, it's okay. It's, it's an okay place. I don't know if I'd ever live there. But the okay. baseball environment was truly amazing. Like, if you want to go check out a minor league game, go check out Dayton. Like, it is – I don't think – I haven't played anywhere else that, that comes close to it. Okay. Why? Like, what, what was so different about it? They sell out, like, every night. We had wow. the – we actually had the highest attendance for minor league baseball last year. Of all minor league really? teams, we had the highest average attendance. Um, we'd average like eight to 9,000 people a night. Wow. Like sold out crowds, like Tuesday nights, it would be like 45 degrees, cold, miserable, packed. You're like, man, all right. Cool. Um, so that was super cool. Um, you know, 
as you know, it's, it's funny because you take a team picture at the beginning of the year, that team picture will change within a week. You know, they'll have guys mm-hmm. getting called up, getting called down, get cut, get traded for, um, you know, it's, it is a lot to handle sometimes where it's like, man, like I didn't pitch too well. Like, ugh, am I, am I on the hot seat? Can I get sent down? Man, I'm pitching really good. I could get promoted. You know, it was, it was basically, you fight all those emotions throughout the entire year. Um, but it was great. I had a great time in Dayton. Um, and then this year, a lot of our, like we crushed it in Dayton last year. A lot of the pitchers did. And we all thought that we were going to start the year in double A. The rosters were basically identical to what they were at the end of the year last year. And we were like, what is going on? Actually, some guys got demoted from double A down to Dayton. And so we're like, oh, my gosh. Like, we are just so backed up in the red system right now. And people are like, yeah, okay. When I told them that last year. But you can see it this year. You know, we're on an eight-game win streak. Like, almost leading the division. And that's because of all the trades that we did. And all the minor leaguer guys going up and down, but you know, you kind of, you just sit there and wait your turn, you know, um, pitching coach will come up to you and you're like, Hey man, like, I think you deserve his promotion. Don't know when it's going to happen because they have no control over it. Uh-huh. Um, so you just keep doing well and hopefully something happens. And so luckily for me, it was, I only had to play in high for a month, um, maybe five weeks to start the season. And I got promoted to Chattanooga, and I've been here for the past five weeks. And you see guys get called up, called down, signed, traded all, every time, every day. Every day. It's like yesterday they, they cut a guy, and today we add another guy. Um, so it, it's definitely a lot going on. And I've had like probably around almost two years of experience with the minor league so far. And it's, it's nothing that I'd ever imagine, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, man, this guy – like. We have um, CES, like Strand and uh, AAA right now. Like, the dude cannot get out. And it's like, when is he getting called for the big leagues? Eh, no one knows whenever, whenever they decide to call him up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's yeah. basically what it's like. You just, you just wait. You can't, we can't walk up to the boss and be like, hey, where's my promotion? <laughs> right. I'm going to quit right. if you don't yeah. promote me. And they're like, <laughs> okay, quit. Like, <laughs> so, you know, you just, you just bide your time and keep playing well and you, Hopefully things happen. So it's it's been it's been eventful for the past two years for sure. Yeah. Well, you brought up a, a guy, Christian Encarnacion Strand, heck of a name by the way. Uh, who I think yeah. was part of the Tyler Molly trade, maybe Luis Castillo, one of those big ones at the deadline last year. Yeah, I one, think. Of those, one of those. Yeah, one of those. Uh, one of those. Twins. <laughs> so do you? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to answer this if it's going to get you in trouble. But do you, as a minor leaguer, as a guy trying to get to the big leagues? Does it give you a different perspective on these trades? Because I look at it and I go, look at the Reds. Good for them. They're stockpiling young talent. They're out of it this year. They're stocking up for next year. But are you sitting there going, that's another guy on the depth chart that I got to go past? I mean, definitely. You know, um, luckily for me, I don't play the same position as Strand. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, or, else yeah I'd be, or else I'd be here for a while or, you know, the same position as Ellie, you know, or Matt McClain. You know, those guys where you're like, Damn, I am never being a big leaguer unless they get traded. Um, yeah. Luckily for me, it's, it's I'm a reliever, and you don't really trade for relievers too much. You just it's usually starters who they don't want to start anymore, so put them in the pen. Uh-huh. Um, 
So when you when, when we sign like a like a Connor Phillips, like we traded for Connor Phillips, and you're like, damn, hopefully he does not become a reliever because uh, that's just one less spot because right. he'll be he'll be in the big leagues next year. Um, unbelievable, he's Chattanooga right now. Uh, we have a couple other guys, like we signed an ex big leaguer. Two days after I got promoted, we signed an ex big league reliever. Put him in the pen, and I hang out with them all the time. You know, and you're like, damn, mm-hmm. that's another guy that you got to compete with. Who's that? Um, uh, Ryan Messenger. Messenger. Okay. Ryan Messenger. Yeah, he played for four teams. It was like the Cardinals, Cubs, Orioles, and somebody else. Absolutely crushing it. So he needs to get promoted soon. But mm-hmm. um, well, not before Donovan Ben won. <laughs> right. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Well, I, I've I've had my promotion this year, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> Be like, man, I need to get more to Louisville soon. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna, you know, think about just go out and dominate double A, you know. Right. That's the thing is you just gotta get adjusted to each league, you know. You, you face high A hitters and it's man, their one through five is really good, six through nine, just nine or whatever, you know. Double mm-hmm. A you have more of like, hey, they're one through seven's really good, or like they're one through four is really good, they're four through six, seven is good, and they're like eight, nine is like don't give them a cookie, you know? Right. And I assume that's how it is as you go up every single level because um, they just take the best hitters and move them up, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you can't really view all the pitchers as competition because then we have no friends and it'd be <laughs> a pretty boring life, you know? Right. You, you all know you're in there for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. It's more of like a, hey, congratulations on getting promoted. Right. Yeah, I wish it was me. Like, you don't say that part, but, like, congrats, you know? Um, but, but yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's weird. It's a weird thing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all fighting for the same thing. <laughs> I have a, I have a dumb question. I don't know if you'll have any insight into this. I'm a little over the whole watch a guy's reaction to a call up video thing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's super cool. It's just like played out. I feel like, you know, like every time a prospect gets called up, it's like, watch, uh, like today it was watch Henry Davis get, you know, mm-hmm. react. Are these mm-hmm. guys really surprised anymore? Like every single time, they're like, "Yeah, the uh, the manager uh, told me to come to his office, and I I thought I might be in trouble, and then he told me I was going yeah. to the big leagues." Like, are these guys ever um, surprised, or are they like, "Oh, the manager wants to see me. I wonder what this is about." I mean, when you sign for however million, however millions of dollars that Henry Davis signed for, I'm not going to be too worried if I get cut. Not you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, guys like the um, the guy from the Pirates who got called up uh, a couple weeks ago, who's who's like thirty something years old, you know, where he's been in the minor leagues like for ten plus years. Like that's cool video. Like he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah those yeah. are the guys that you feel for. You know, not where it's like, oh yeah, like our first round pick two years ago gets called up. You're like, yeah, like I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. Like he's probably surprised it didn't happen sooner. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. And some elite prospect just rockets up the system. It's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, you know, who's who's really that shocked that, like, you know, like yeah, J-Rod know. made the major league roster. Like, wow, incredible. Dude, I yeah. f- I really didn't know if he was going to pull it off. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, those <laughs> yeah. lifers, it is yeah. different. Yeah, that is just like, oh, cool. Like, it's about time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. like, if you have more videos where it's like, low round guys or guys yeah. who've been in the minors for a while then it's like, like that, that that's cool like you'll watch yeah. those videos more than the, the, the second overall pick or the first overall pick whatever he was a couple years right. ago 
Yeah. Uh, did you did you play with Ellie De La Cruz at all, or was he in a different I did uh, last level? Year. Than you? you did. Yep. We, okay. we started the year off. Yeah, he started the year off in Dayton last year. Um, so I played the first half with him, and oh my gosh, he is the best baseball player I've ever seen in my life. And wow. there's like, there's well, no. You haven't seen I, me yet. <laughs> I think. I'm sorry. I think if we were to combine like the number one guy that you've seen, combine him with like the second and third base, like greatest guys you've ever seen play, combine him into one, and like that's Ellie. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like he, he's he's like a six-tool player. Yeah. Like yeah, somehow no, he. It's unbelievable. I'm telling it is the craziest. Like every game, literally every single game, there's like something you can go home and talk about. Like, you see how fast he ran around the bases today? Like, yeah. did you see how hard he hit that ball today? Did you see that play? Like, it's every game. I'm telling you, it's not like one game a week. It's It was every day that you're like, dude, this guy is not human. It was mm-hmm. truly incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he came up and he put in instant exclamation point on his the beginning of his major league career so you know the the world at large is getting to see what you're talking about here yeah he's kind of buddies yeah i told buddies i'm like i don't know if you guys can bet if he can be like like when he's gonna make his debut like you guys need to like seriously check into this guy because he is you guys need to go buy a jersey you guys Mm -hmm. need to go asking for a signed ball like yeah Unreal. Start buying those rookie cards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, In fact, so one of uh one of my one of my buddies, like one of my close Latino friends, Mm -hmm. is really good friends with Ellie. And he actually gave me a signed Ellie De La Cruz baseball card. Whoa. Hang on. uh, Yeah, not yeah, yeah, not to flex or anything, but I had a signed Ellie card. That's my. Uh, that's like my. That's your retirement. Years. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. I. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to brag on you, Donovan, but uh, I got a signed Reed Brignac card upstairs. So, what can I? Oh, what really? can I say? I don't even know if you know who Reed Brignac is. Um, <laughs> he was like a Philly in a Ray. That's that's the most random. I got a Brandon Duckworth poster that's signed. I don't know if you know who. Hey, that. I got I got a assigned Lastings Millage sitting right here. <laughs> oh, Lastings. Well, all right, all right, all right. Oh, I can't get it to show. <laughs> We're getting far afield. Are you a big baseball fan? Like, did you grow up watching a million games? You still pay attention all the time? Or are you just kind of, yeah, I play baseball. It's fun. I have a reason for asking. Um, I grew up watching baseball a lot. Um, huge Red Sox fan. Dad's born and raised right outside of Boston. So, um, like, we would always watch all the Red Sox games. Like, I knew who every player was. I think I stopped right after they won the World Series. Um Kind of like really starting to like which, which one? <laughs> the uh, the twenty eighteen one. Okay. Oh, so okay. you're yeah. a so you're a sicko like us. Like if I say like Nick Green, you know who that is? Um, no, no, it was, it was more. Uh, was he was he a big leaguer? Yeah, he was like on the O seventeen. Yeah, in the most it's technical okay. sense possible. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm being so. The, no, the reason yeah, it was I watched, no, go ahead. sort of I kind of I kind of stopped over the past couple of years because now you like you turn on TV and you're like, dude, I'm I'm better than this guy. Why am I? <laughs> you know, that type um, of stuff. Yeah. Like, I have like, never I had really that feeling watch... once in my life, <laughs> and I never <laughs> like, will. <laughs> or you uh, like 
like my dad won't watch the Red Sox anymore because he didn't because they didn't draft me. So <laughs> we don't, oh, it's we personal don't really now. Yeah, mm. for him, I'm like dad, like it's not that personal. Like he's like, ah, oh, they didn't draft you. I'm a well, Reds fan now, but <laughs> this is a call mm. to action. Now you got to get to the big leagues, get six years of service time, and then make them pay you a lot of money. That's all. That's yeah, all you got to exactly. do. Exactly. That's all you got. Yeah, that's, that's but, not but, too bad. Yeah. You know, lickety split, no problem. <laughs> well, yeah, here, you know. here's my reason for asking. This was a very circuitous route. We have a game we like to play called uh, Elmer Descends. You can play if you'd like. I'll explain to you. But oh, basically, the point of the game. It's very simple. You just name the most random baseball player you can think of. So I might say, "Here's why I bring it up." One of the guys we've mentioned before is Brian Lahare, and I noticed yeah. that Brian Lahare was your manager. And that is blowing really? my mind right now. Tell me about <laughs> tell me about Brian Lahare because that's. Do you have certain names that just evoke baseball to you as a, like as a kid? Yeah, you know I mean like maybe a Red Sox or something like just that guy. Yeah, he was a you know what I mean. Brian Lahare is one of those guys. Um, I didn't really I'd ask like, a question. Like Kevin Euclid, you know, like okay. you'd always Ooh, imitate him like growing one. up with the bat. Sure, as yeah. a big yeah. Red Sox fan, and you're like, oh man, they're cool, like. Um, like Clay Buckles, that's a random one. Red Sox fan for you back in the day. Philly's, he was Philly's great. Yeah, he was my first. Uh, he, he was my first autograph. Um, Whoa, so okay. I thought that was super cool. So, um, did you say you said Elmer? Elmer, El- was- <laughs> Elmer descends. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, he was. He he was my rookie league pitching coach. Was he? <laughs> no. Yeah. Donovan, Donovan, you've been very nice. You've given me more than I'm worth. If you can put me in touch with Elmer Descends, I will pay you whatever amount of money you want. Yeah, we'll unless, figure it out. Unless we're, I'm getting uh, like his last name very mixed up with somebody else. But you're he was talking, like a big like, leaguer he's, with he's the Latin Rockies. guy, right? Yeah, he was well, a Elmer Descends guy. was on the Reds for a while, so it's not like yeah, that he, shocking. Uh, you he, know Elmer um, descends. He was on Team Mexico. He was their pitching coach. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So whatever it takes, get me, get me, get me on a Zoom call with, El- yeah, with he, Elmer descends. No, it was he. Um, yeah, every day during rookie ball, like you'd show up there, and he's like, "Okay, guys, today we play the Dodgers. They <laughs> can run. They can hit. Uh, all right, let's let's go get them." And you're just like, "All right, Elmer, let's go." Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, so like we're in it. Like we're we're true baseball sickos, and we sit there. Like we literally have a game called Melvin Moore. I don't know if you remember Melvin Moore, probably because he was an Oriole for a long time. That's okay. Um, Melvin Moore was like a super random baseball player, and the whole point of the game is we'll pull up a roster and go, Tom, go, and you have to try and name every single player you can. And the same thing with Elmer Descends. You just try to name the most random players yeah. you think of. Like we're like true baseball sickos, and Elmer Descends has been the most random player we have ever come up with and now now knowing that That's i'm hilarious. one degree i'm one degree of separation from elmer descends this is blowing my mind yeah, and this, Brian this is wild yeah this, this is, is crazy to yeah me. yeah no but uh you know a cool a cool story with elmer um so he was my pitching coach throughout rookie league and then he i'm pretty sure he retired because he's not with us anymore mm-hmm. um, so he Sorry. became the coach of mexico the pitching coach of with Team Mexico, and uh, I'll tell you this because it's actually like a really cool story to me that meant a yeah. lot. So after the game against Mexico, I'm about to get on the bus and I get like a tap on the shoulder, 
I turn around and I see Elmer and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long. How's it going? He was like, Oh, Hey, like, how's it going? I'm like, are you, what are you doing here? He's like, Oh, I'm actually the, the pitching coach for team Mexico. And I was like, Oh man, that's awesome. Like it, it was good to see you. And he was like, Hey, like you did an awesome job today. Like, like that's a, that, you're a future big leaguer. And I was like, you know, like Ooh. it means a lot. Like when he says that, and I was like, I was like, well, that, that was really cool. You know, like so that really stuck with say you. That. Yeah, you know, because he didn't really talk too much with us um, in rookie ball league. Uh, okay. Just because you have you have two pitching coaches, you have one one Spanish and one one American, just so that... they can speak to all the Latin guys. And um, mm-hmm. that makes I a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah another. Um, I'll, I'll play the game. Another random name is. Um, oh, give it to me. Uh, and I'm totally blanking on the name right now. Um, oh. He was in. In Moneyball, uh, okay. Played played with the Oakland A's. He was the guy. Po- I don't give me a position. Let's see if we can guess it, Tom. Scott Hatterberg. He, he was the guy who was putting on like the leg brace. Um, Mike Magnante. Uh, maybe that wasn't him. Jeff Tam. I don't know who were some uh, A's. Tom. Uh, Chad on, Bradford. Mark Mulder. I'm really trying here. He like Guys, barely so- barely played. I felt really good there. about Mike Magnante. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> See, now you're playing the game, Donovan. I didn't think we were going to play a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, oh, man, I always. Let's see. Let's see. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going yeah, to Google. Moneyball cast. That'd be crazy. Uh, <laughs> says Stephen Bishop. Casey Hang on. Bond. Is he actually... Because he said he actually played himself in the movie. Was it Royce Clayton? Yeah, Royce Clayton. Not... Good name. Oh. All right, hang on. Pitchers. I got to figure this Wait, out now. Actually, this is hold, on, radio. hold on one second. Yeah, yeah. What was the name of our pitching coach <laughs> um, in the rookie ball league two years ago? Oh, before you say it, can Ebert? I give you a guess? Pitching coach Ebert. Is it Ebert? Oh, Darren Ebert? Oh, no, no, no. I see. I... Yeah. Okay, I don't know if you heard me, but I have my headphones in. Thank you. Darren Ebert. Yep, that was him. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. That's a true rando. That is, that's that like is, a it is. That is such a, a baseline rando. rando. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, the thing I really like about this is this is us just going, Oh, how about that guy? Yeah, I remember watching him. Ha ha ha. I like that you're going, How about this guy? He coached me and this you know, he he's a really nice guy. I went out to dinner yeah. with him. You're much more. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he. Um, yeah, no, Darren Ebert. Yep, that was. He was our other pitching coach, and he would always talk about like how he was in the movie, and he, you know, he still gets royalties from it <laughs> for being the money oh, ball. Shoot. <laughs> well, okay, so, he, cool. so he might be more accurately described as an actor who also played Major League Baseball at this point. Yeah, like, I guess. Which yeah, ones? Really could. Yeah, which one's he getting more money from? You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> question. We're, we're going. We're going off the rails here. I do have. A, I have another. I'm all the way back to the WBC. I do want to ask, what was the uh, like? What was like the housing and stuff like? And do you get paid for the WBC? Like, uh, just like the, the the lifestyle of the WBC for those two weeks. Very big league esque. Um, you know, from what I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it was. It was cool. We actually got put up at the Arizona Grand Resort and Spa, um, so Whoa. a really nice hotel. 
Yeah, um, sounds bougie. They had, yeah, they had a golf like their own golf course there, which I definitely played the first day I showed up. <laughs> uh, they have a pool, so you have your own room, um, and each room was like a living room style, and then like a king size bed in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stayed there for like, I think it was like almost two weeks. Um, so yeah, you got, you got meal money, uh, and they gave you, they gave you some gear. So I got like a backpack that it's like a Jansport backpack, but it said like world baseball classic on it, which I still use. It's just super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we got like an Apple watch, which I was like, damn, Ooh, all wow. right. So that was, I was like, all right, not expecting that. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. But yeah, like each day they cater, like you get food, just like here, like you get caterers that come in and cook food, but it was like, like a steak every single day. You're like, damn, sometimes the steak was a little bit more dumb than you'd like, but you're like, it's still a steak, you know? All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, they would bus you to the field, bus you back. Um, yeah, very cool. It was the bus is just like you're a big league team, you know, just like you're mm-hmm. playing at the D-back stadium and you're the home team that day. That's so cool. Right. Now, so the, I, this is, you, you did the, like the already in the minors version of going to fantasy camp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, it, was, it, it, more of a, it was more predictive. It was, this is what it will be like when you make the major leagues, as opposed to someone like me who's going, <laughs> this is what it would be like if you had a different body. Yeah, if you had a million percent more talent, you know, this is what you'd live. So do you, I know there's like a, like a, like a prize pool that you get depending on where you fall. And then I think it gets split between the players and the team and stuff. Do you get paid for the WBC or is it just, you get a chunk of the winnings? Um, We, yeah, each team gets paid. Um, So you make it, each team gets this amount of money. You make it to the next round, you get more, you get Mm. a lot more. So um, we got, so yeah, we got paid a thousand dollars for the qualifier um and we actually just got that check about a month ago so ridiculously long yeah um because i mean i'm uh, I'm not gonna say that but um (laughs) the wbc that money still has holy cow that money still has not come out and that, that probably won't for probably the end of the year honestly right so i'm not too sure how much we get paid but yes we do get paid for that that's super cool that's awesome um now how about i'm taking up all your night but how about like regensburg like i'm assuming it wasn't as nice amenities and stuff in the qualifiers um no not really. but it, it was still nice you know it was still um it was it was about like a minor league locker room a little bit smaller but still enough room for everybody it wasn't like you're crammed it was nice. It was nice. You know, um, it was, we made it not nice after the last game after popping champagne bottles everywhere and, <laughs> and all that stuff. And it was funny because the loser of that game had to play the next day mm-hmm. against Czech Republic. Right. And Famously. Spain actually, Spain actually had our locker room the next day. No. Nice. So, oh. so they could smell all like the old champagne and so we're like ah sorry about it but not really and they ended up losing so we're like wow yeah you guys were in their heads you know so you're saying yeah, you got yeah. to look at team spain and say you don't like it play better yeah <laughs> yeah <true>. exactly 
No, but it was no, WBC was awesome. You got to you don't realize how many like minor leaguers you play you play against. Mm-hmm. Like I played against one guy from Spain who was on my team currently. Noel um, B. Marte, actually, right? Noel B. Marte, yes. And um I played with another guy who was on Team Germany, Jake Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Uh I played with actually my roommate is Evan Kravitz, who plays on Team Israel. Um Ooh, okay. we actually had a player get sent down who actually started the year here who played for Team Columbia, Pedro Garcia. Mm-hmm. Um and Ian Gabo, River San Martin. Uh, a couple other guys. So, like, we had, like, 11 guys, I think, with the Reds alone. Kyle Glogowski with our team Australia. I was going to ask you about uh, him. <laughs> yeah, he actually just got released yesterday. Um, that was the guy I was talking about. But Ooh. great guy. You know, he was well, one of my buddies on this team. But I wouldn't be surprised if he gets picked up sometime soon. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess there, there is a certain amount of, like, being released isn't really the end. Because, you know, there are 31 other teams out there that are – you know, right. that that will have room for somebody, especially I feel like pitchers, you know, because there is a yeah. certain amount of you can just never have enough pitching. Exactly. I mean, Reds have signed probably five guys, if not more, just because of like injuries and we need coverage. You know, mm-hmm. so you can always bring a guy like that on. And even if it's just temporary, if you pitch well, like, you know, what? Like, you know, what? Yeah. you can pitch long term for us, you know, so yeah, yeah. who knows? Uh-huh. Well, Donovan, we've taken up like two hours of your night. You got to go. Mm-hmm. You got a casino. You got to go to. Um, it's true. It's is right. there? Is there anything? Unless Tom, did you have any other quick questions? Uh, no, I did. Just want to add, in terms of you know talking about the casino, that was the only well, thing I had to add. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Donovan, is there anything <laughs> we didn't get to that you want to say, or you know, whatever you got a manifesto you want to talk about or anything? Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think you know after two hours, you kind of reach on everything. You should be saying at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, well, after hopefully. two hours, we could have gotten hopefully. everything done in a half hour. Thanks, guys. Um, mm-hmm. No, thank no, you. No, it, was, it was good. It was, yeah, no, thanks for having me on. It's always fun talking about baseball and giving some insight to to the life, you know? You know what? It's always fun getting some insight into the life, you know? Thanks for coming on, man. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, mm-hmm. go pitch well. Yeah, and and yeah. say hi to Elmer for us, you know. Yes, and, yeah. and Brian Lahare. Yeah. yeah. If I if I see him again, I'll let him know you guys. There's some there's some fans who. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Enjoy talking yes, to him. Please. Yes, I want Brian Lahare on this show. All right, thanks, man. It's been an honor, thanks. and uh, yeah, let's let's keep in touch. I don't know why you'd want to keep in touch with us, but I feel like that's. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, let's we want to keep in touch with you. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh, Fan oh, club. Okay. All right. Thanks, dude. Go enjoy your night. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Donovan. All right. Be safe, man. Donovan, thank you for coming on the show. That was so much fun. It was super insightful. I always love, and I realize I'm bogarting the mic. You can talk in a second, Tom, but I always, I always am so fascinated because we hear all the time about the play on the field and we hear a lot of times about, you know, like the mental side of the game and everything. People don't really dig deep into like the actual lifestyle of a, of, you know, major league baseball you hear about sometimes, but mm-hmm. like the like the minor leagues, the world like I've never heard about the lifestyle in the World Baseball Classic. So those right. were things I wanted to ask about and just know like what's it like day to day. Like put your you know try to put myself into those shoes because you know I was I was this close, Tom. Um, yeah, you was, just was, missed. Yeah, yeah, I just missed. But it was really interesting to hear about just like what the daily routine is of a guy in the World Baseball Classic and 
in you know minor league baseball and also how things have changed mm-hmm. since the new minor league collective bargaining agreement and i'm very happy to hear that things have improved exponentially it sounds like from what donovan was saying so i'm very glad that that everybody's prayers have been answered about that and also just super nice guy willing to talk with us for two hours about nonsense so thank you donovan. yeah yeah and i would like to add as a little caveat um donovan benoit friend of friend of the show elmer descends um that was a deeply unexpected twist that that took but not an unwelcome one i gotta say no no, Uh, it was perfect uh, as for your point about you know the lifestyle thing uh yeah like i feel like there's been more about that getting out and you know i i remember i had some books about like you know like um ball four the jim bhutan book is it bhutan or is it is it beaten I think it's Bowden, which I've Bowden. never understood. Jimmy I've B. We'll understood. call him Jimmy B. Yeah, James. Uh, there, There's some lifestyle stuff in there. But, like, a lot of the stuff you hear is, like, major league stuff. Because, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's glamorous. A lot of the time, that's what people want to hear about. Um, minor league, not so much. So it is cool to hear from a, a human perspective and also a baseball fan perspective that things have improved. It sounds, like, pretty dramatically. From a human perspective, you know, you you don't love people getting paid six dollars an hour to you know pursue their dream. And from a from a baseball fan perspective, when you hear about the conditions that minor leaguers used to operate in, you start to wonder, like, okay, well, is the team really doing its best to make these guys you know quality right. major leaguers? So when you hear that you know things have improved and they don't have to like you know, for instance like Don was saying he worked in like a fish factory and it sounds like he's probably not going to have to do that this I year. Like the, I like the idea of a fish factory. Like that's where they, yeah, put they the manufacture fish. fish. <laughs> yeah, that's where they put the fish together. Yeah. I'm in the dorsal <laughs> fin uh, line. <laughs> yeah. But like, my buddy, yeah, my they, buddy you know, over in ventral. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pectoral pectoral has been slacking right. off. Yeah, but uh, it, but it, it it is good to hear that even if teams were were dragged kicking and screaming into improving working conditions, it's good to know right, which that, they were, by the way. Yeah, which to be were. very clear. Or I I don't know about every single team, but I would assume most teams, the Oakland A's for sure. Um, but it is good to know that mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, and Donovan even said it when he said that a lot of guys quit because they're burned out from all the travel, from the heart, you know, the the hours and stuff like that. And so it's nice mm-hmm. to know that that this is at least a step towards making sure the best players have the chance to play and play. Right. And it's the same thing as like, if you're making your guys go and eat like the dollar menu at McDonald's every day, that's not as good for their development as if you provided them like real healthy food. Like that's what right. I eat and I'm not an athlete. And so it's well, to- no, 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 you don't look like an athlete. Yeah. I, I, cho- I chose not to pursue an athletic career is what I should. No, no, no. I want to be very clear. You are a world-class athlete. You just don't pass the optics test. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> you were being humble. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, you're right. You know, and you know what I have to say to that? Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's what I have to say to that. Of course, but but it is good to hear uh, from Donovan that things have improved and that they can, they're being mm-hmm. treated like real human beings now. So that's yeah. good, and that's something Except that I want to get into. Except for on the ace, they're still. I don't not. know. We're going to have to hear from an A's minor leaguer whether or not that's true. Yeah. I do um, like how the A's and specifically John Fisher are kind of shaping up as like the the main enemy of this podcast. 
Yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, like baseball goes through eras of villains. Like for a long time, it was the Yankees. They were the evil empire. Who yeah, it was the Steinbrenners. You know, championships and everything. And then it was obviously the Astros, and everybody still hates the Astros, and I still hate the Astros, and you should still hate the Astros. But it's now enough. the A's have come on the scene, and specifically John Fisher has come on the scene of being like, most hated man in baseball, I'll take that. Uh, and it's good. It's refreshing to see that there's mm-hmm. a new villain. It's terrible what's happening in Oakland, but it's it's nice to see there's a new villain at least. Um, right. But that's I like whole... that the, that it's like a a well written villain too. You know, they didn't just they didn't just make him overpowered. Yeah. You know, like oh, oh my yeah, God. he's dude. Did you see? Did you see? <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. I don't have it in front of me. But did you see that the A's did that whole reverse, or the A's fans did that whole reverse boycott thing, and it went really well, and it got a lot of coverage, and they were doing the yeah. whole sell the team I thing. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. <laughs> somebody asked Rob Manfred, like, what do you think of that? The A's reverse boycott, and he said something to the effect of, "It was really nice to see the A's put together what would be considered an average crowd on most nights," <laughs> which is like. <laughs> I have such mixed feelings about that because on the one hand, that is super funny. And if you're playing the villain, that's a hell of a line. Yeah, (laughs) that's a renegade interrupt for sure. How tone deaf can you be? Like you already won. You're already getting your way. The A's are going to move to Las Vegas. There's nothing they can do about it. Why you gotta like be rude? Like you're just yeah. Why you gotta do them off. like that? You know, like you're turning people off. Like nobody is attracted to baseball because of the way you're behaving, and yet they just twisted the old knife because of yeah. it. like oh yeah. man, like Major League Baseball is so tone deaf. Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner in sports. It just gets it gets better and better watching this whole saga unfold. If I were an A's fan, I would feel very upset, but I'm not an A's fan, so I'm kind of laughing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important for us to to note that the. The Oakland A's, you know, the players are not the main enemy of this podcast, but the Oakland A's, the organization, are really shaping up that way. Yep. And, yep. Uh, you know, eventually they're going to be the Vegas A's. You know, I feel like they should have to change their name. But we should, as a, like a, a fan base, we take the A's. Demand it. Well, give me that. Well, give the me thing that. You're I not allowed understand. to have that, that story name. The thing that I don't understand is, like, okay, I guess Las Vegas is, like, a good site for a baseball team. But, like, it, this has to pass checks and balance. Like, it's not just the A's are going, all right, we're picking up and moving to Las Vegas. Like, the local legislature has to vote on it, and then the state legislature, and then the, the governor has to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. And it, it passed, as far as I know. It passed all these checks. I'm amazed that the people in Nevada are are like, let's get in bed with John Fisher. Like, I, dude – if I were Las Vegas, I would just take my chances on getting an expansion franchise. Like, I wouldn't want anything to do with these people. Like, they're right. scumbags. Well, they're, so... they're going to rake you over the coals for every dollar they can get. They clearly don't care about the people involved. Like, they just want every dollar they can get. And for some reason, Las Vegas is, like, welcoming them with open arms. I don't get it. I mean, well, listen, if there's a town that can respect just wanting every dollar you can get, <laughs> you know, I feel like Vegas... Vegas is a town where you hear a lot of this. Yeah. Yeah. And, he's and right. um, you know, maybe they're on the same page with John Fisher in that regard. I mean, they've had some success with uh, bringing in sports teams already. I mean, the, yeah. the Golden Knights expansion team. So it's a little different. But, I mean, they have the Raiders and now they're going to have the A's. Yeah. Although, again, I still feel like we should be allowed to, as a fan base, confiscate that name. Yeah, Connie Max turning over in his grave. You know, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. old guys could get on board with that too. You know, that could unite old guys and like Moneyball fans. Wow. Well, so let's bring it full circle because you just mentioned Moneyball. 
True. Yeah, no. Darren, I mean, Darren Ebert, yeah. famous pitching coach of Donovan Benoit. Let's let's bring it back around. Donovan yeah. Benoit, excellent guest. So much fun. Such a nice guy to put up with us and to spend so much time with us. And, right. and um, it really was putting up, you know. It totally, dude, we're idiots. It, to- <laughs> it totally was. It totally was. And we like, like, oh! like, we've had certain guests, like Sean Spradling, right? That's right. Friend of the show, super nice guy. I consider him a friend. And we, yeah. like, I found Sean on Reddit before, like, the World Baseball right. Classic was in the news at all. We just chatted about it. We had, like, a similar interest. And then he blew up. And so that was right. one where it's like he kind of got in on the ground floor and he was willing to talk to us. Right. Now, personally, and, I do want to say, uh, R.E. Sean Spradling. I despise him. I wanted How to get that you? on the record. How dare you? But, but. Sorry, it's, I, some of these drops are getting hella cold on the soundboard. Yeah. I got to get them in there. You You're know? right. You're right. But I think about, uh, and and then Gabriel Rincones before him, his his forefather Gabriel Rincones. Uh, like these were like yeah, these are like successful and seven years yeah. ago. These are successful individuals with legitimate shots to make the major leagues. They obviously have a busy schedule playing baseball, and they're young guys and 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 weird nobodies. Like I work at Starbucks, you work at Victus. We just do hey, this whoa, for fun. I, I want to be very clear about this, okay? I back clean up on my men's league team, so you're right. put that in your pipe you're and right. smoke it. You I know what? what? I was thinking. You know what I have to say to that? I I look at those people, and I tell them this. I hate Keith Hernandez. Hate him. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> just, I just throw that out there. I'm not saying that it, it's coherent, yeah. but when people say, hey, you don't hit clean up on your men's league team you know that that would be a huge achievement but i don't believe that you do i say again i hate keith Hernandez. hate him yeah, yeah puts him on the back foot every now, time you know we need a drop of who was the congressman i think it was joe wilson the, the south carolina guy who in the middle of obama's speech stood up and went you lie <laughs> that's what we oh yeah we do need that we, yeah we need that as a drop so that way oh that's a good one that way somebody can go tom you've never batted cleanup before on your softball team and you can go you lie no no i say i hate keith Hernandez. hate him i want to be very clear about that that is the standard response no, we're, t- we're turning this franchise around anyway we're getting okay, really far this is gonna be a really long episode donovan thank you for coming on and wasting your time with us uh hopefully we can do this again <laughs> in the future Hopefully we can do this again when Donovan's in the big leagues. I wouldn't blame yeah. him one bit if he didn't want to do it. But uh, the Donovan Gabriel Kone's crossover episode. Oh, yes. All right. So I'm Ethan gonna... just Ethan just finished live on the podcast. I, I, I well, I got to bring this back to Kenny really fast. Kenny to John, friend of the show. He he had he did an episode of his podcast where he was talking about a, I don't remember some sort of card in MLB the show who was really good. And he goes, like, everyone, prepare to arrive in your pants. And that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's what, what just happened. happened yeah, that's what just yep. happened there. So anyway, <laughs> Donovan, thank you for coming on. I would love to do this again. One day when Donovan's in the big leagues with the Reds, I'm going to shoot my shot and see if he wants to come on the show. And I hope for his sake he says no, but maybe he'll be gullible enough to uh, to do it with us. Yeah. So now, maybe you, I, you were going I, with this whole and when he's in the big leagues man you got all hopeful and wistful you're like i'll shoot my shot and i was like hey man he's spoken for <laughs> yeah he's got a girlfriend <laughs> um anyway let's 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 call it quits donovan yeah let's wrap it up thank you for coming on the show the best of luck with the chattanooga lookouts and uh say hello to elmer descends for us yes and brian Lair, if it, you know 
if you see them, you if know, you cross paths. Yeah, why um, why not just drop it in there? You know, what's the yeah. worst that could happen? Yeah. But yeah, until then, until you know, our dreams are finally realized. There is another dream that I have every night, and there's <laughs> just one thing that's just that one recurring phrase that, that torments me every night. Do you know what it is? I have a guess. Go ahead. Okay, well, guess in your mind. Everybody guess along with them. Um, I am going to tell you what it is now because it happens to be relevant because, uh, you know, this has been the baseball podcast. And the answer to uh, that that whole statement is... is And moreover, he will see you on the next one.